everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Bali. I'm Carolyn April. And as always, looking for my good buddy, Seth Robinson. Seth, you're out there. I am out there <laughs> in more ways than one, maybe. Yeah, we could we can interpret that in many ways. How are you doing? <laughs> good. We're uh we're recording a little early here because next week is Thanksgiving and this is gonna post on Black Friday and I'm gonna be off the entire week. So I am looking forward to that. That's fantastic. Yeah, Thanksgiving is going to be a weird one for a lot of families and people this year. Um, I don't normally travel on Thanksgiving because it's just such a compressed time frame and it's so hectic and crazy, but I have a lot of family in the area and we normally do a big gathering and that won't be happening this year. Um, so it'll be uh, a little different. I think I've come to peace with it. I know there are lots of people who have not, um, but um, nonetheless, we'll recognize the holiday. You know, we'll, we'll do something here in our house with the one child I have who's going to be home and it'll be um, very intimate. Maybe we'll Zoom some of the other family members, but, um, you know, it's just nice to have some time off anyway. Yeah, it's it's tough for sure. You know, I, I'm very much in the minority where we usually don't travel and we usually don't host really either Thanksgiving or Christmas. And so um, our stuff is going to look kind of like it usually does. Um, but I, I know that that's not the case for a lot of people and, and it's, it's tough, but, uh, hopefully, you know, anyone that is in a decent position, if that's the only thing that they're dealing with, um, they can still reflect on the things that they're thankful for. Yeah, I totally agree. This is not the biggest hardship, um, compared with, so many other things that people have been dealing with in the uh, year that is 2020. And uh, I think we want to talk about um, maybe some positives that might be happening. Uh, there's been some very, very optimistic news uh, in the last week or two about vaccine development uh, for COVID from, um, you know, two of the main pharmaceutical companies. And uh, they're showing very promising results, almost, I mean, 95%, you know, um, success rate uh, in their trials right now. And um, that's exciting. I know the big challenge, because I, I read the papers and all, but the big challenge is uh, the manufacturing and distribution on a widespread scale to get the vaccines out. But it sounds as though uh, maybe by late spring, we will have it widely available. And if people all get vaccinated and it works, we may be coming to the end of this little, very dark phase and we've been in it for quite some time now. So it's going to, I think it's going to mean um, a lot of rethinking by people who are going to be shaking their heads going, Oh my, uh, can we go back to the way it was? Or what are the things that we actually found that were silver linings and we want to keep from the time that we were are in um, the, the COVID phase, if you will. Um, and what are the things that we immediately wanna get rid of and go back to? Um, so it's it's gonna be interesting. And I think technology and the ways that um, we've changed the way we work and the way we interact and all of that are going to be under consideration if we get a good turnaround next year. Yeah, it does feel a little hopeful and it feels a little weird for it to feel hopeful right now because things are worse than they've ever been, you know, at least here in the U.S. and I think in, in some other places around the world. But it, it, it feels a little bit like there's some light at the end of this very dark tunnel. And I, and I think that 
last episode, we were talking about our outlook report and looking into 2021. And so I think as part of looking into 2021, it's reasonable to, to think about this and to say, yeah, next year things may be changing. And so what stays and what goes? And I, I think the way that I was starting to think about it was even in my personal life, like what things for me have changed and which pieces of those am I going to keep and which pieces am I going to probably try to reverse? Uh, and I think for me, um, I'm working at home full-time now, which you've been doing for a long time. So not, you know, really a huge change for you, but for me, it has been a change. And I've, I, I've kind of wanted to do that for a little while, but actually getting able to do it gives you the chance to assess it and to say, does this actually work for me in the way that I thought it was going to? And I, I think for me, it has. Um, and, and so I think that's one thing that I probably plan on continuing. You know, maybe I won't be stuck in this room quite as much as, as I have been. But I think for the most part, that's that's a thing that I'm, I'm going to keep. I've been able to see the pros and cons. And, and on the other side, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, on the flip side, you know, one for me that maybe seems a little trivial almost is um, not going out to eat very much at all. And I'm definitely going to go back to doing that um, once things start to return to normal and once I feel safe doing it. And, and like I said, I think that one's a little trivial, but it's interesting to bring up because I've definitely been eating healthier and it's been cheaper for me to not be eating out quite as much. Mm-hmm. But those aren't the considerations that I'm using, right? And and so I think that that's kind of interesting to point out because I think all of these things that I've seen people saying this is going to change forever, they give a reason like finances or they give you know some other reason, and it's like, well, that's not the only reason, right? You know, <laughs> there are yeah. other reasons for all of these things, and everyone is going to have kind of a personal scale on it, and every company is going to have a person or uh, an individual scale. And, and some of these things may go back uh, to, to the way they've been, even though there are reasons that you might want to keep doing it. Yeah, I, I like that idea, like the whole cost benefit analysis and, and why you do things. Um, going out to eat is a good example. Um, it's not just um, saving the money that you've been able to do by eating in. And likewise, it's been pretty much the same here. We have gone out a bit, but maybe more than you, but, you know, way down from what we would normally do. Uh, but that's not the reason, you know, for, you know, going out to eat for, for people is, is so much more than that. It's social, it's being around the environment, it's chatting with other people, it's getting out of your house, for God's sake, you know. Um, and I, I think that it's going to have a lot of the, the, the change. If we go back to quote unquote normal is going to have impact on a lot of other things, um, not just in the personal space, but in, in the workspace. Now, yes, we've all become remote workers or many of us. I, I don't want to, um, to not give a big shout out to all the people who have not had the opportunity that we have to work from home and have to keep, continue to go to their jobs every day. My husband included, by the way, um, I will say, who's had to continue to go to his job. Um, but I do think that uh, remote work is going to also fall into that category of eating out. There are going to be people that are perfectly fine continuing to remote work 100% of the time. But there are also many who are going to crave 
that sort of socialization of going back to the office uh, as someone and you is included who've done so much, uh, so many webinars and other types of Zoom meetings and collaboration during this time, the fatigue level on that is high. And so while it was a godsend in the beginning and it was like, okay, at least we can pivot to this and we'll still be able to be productive and do what we need to do. There's something to be said for right at this point, um, being tired of a lot of it. Um, so I do think there was an interesting, we did an internal study uh, about um, coming back to the office. And I don't work in the office, obviously, but you did and do are considered an HQ worker. And, and um, I think the percentage was almost half, right? If I'm, you, you correct me if I'm wrong, of people who said they, they want to go back to the office at least part time. Uh, so early predictions of everyone being like, yay, I want to stay home and work. It's so cool. I get to be a remote worker are actually not, you know, are, are, are not necessarily true, which shows you the psychology of people who do actually like to work in an office. And I think that will change. Yeah, I, I have been surprised through this whole thing to sometimes read stories of companies that uh, have dropped their office locations. You know, they walked away from their lease or, or whatever it was um, because it feels like that, that was a very quick reaction. And again, they may have had to do that for financial reasons. You know, I don't want to minimize that. But if they, if they did it with the thinking of, well, we don't need a space. We can just do all this remote. Uh, I, I think, like you said, as time has gone on, some of those other reasons have popped up and, and staying fully remote for everyone um, might not be the most sustainable thing. And I, I will be really interested to see how many other companies go through something similar to what you were describing with CompTIA here, where they find that like, even if there are some shifts, even if the mix changes a little bit, it doesn't end up changing so dramatically that they can completely rethink their office space. You know, maybe it gives them a few more options. Maybe um, they, they can reconfigure the space a little bit and do some things with it if, if the occupancy isn't going to be quite as high as before. But it, it's starting to feel a little bit like uh, most companies might end up wanting to kind of hang on to their space and and they'll they'll end up returning to the way things were much more than than people were expecting a few months ago. Yeah, I think the um the predicted demise of commercial office space may have been premature. Yeah. Uh I definitely agree with that. The other thing I wanted to talk about was business travel. Yeah. And um and and I think a lot of people were um, that was one of the, the the things that they were happy about. Uh, happy is in quotations, please. Uh, when this all when this all started, is it, you know it put the brakes on having to be a uh, in an airport all the time and getting on a plane and going to this and that and this conference. Um, and you know, I for one liked the break in the beginning, but anecdotally, just in talking to people now, is people are itching to get back together and get back on those planes and maybe not, I don't think it's gonna go back to um, the level that it was uh, for many of us who, who do travel in, in this industry um, because we've learned other mechanisms and there are gonna be people who have decided uh, that's not for me anymore, I don't wanna do it. 
But I think just like there's been uh, a huge portion of people who do want to go back to an office, there's a lot of people who want to get back on a plane and they want to travel and they want to, they realize that they're doing a Zoom meeting is, is simply not the same as networking and being together at a conference. And I, for one, believe it's not the same. I don't, I don't think you can replicate it at all. And, uh, and so I do think that, you know, if and when next year, hopefully, fingers crossed, things um, make it safer to get on a plane and the vaccine is out, I, I do think you're going to see a surge of people willing to get back to the in-person type of events that we are normally doing. Yeah, I've, I've got quite a few thoughts on on the business travel. You know, one is there's there's a few different types of business travel, right? And and so there you've got the the big face-to-face events and conferences, but then you've also got, you know, the flying across the country for for a single meeting, you know, with yeah. with 10 people. Um, and, and I think that those two ends of the spectrum might be impacted a little differently. You know, the the smaller end of the spectrum, the flying across the country for a small meeting that one might come under a little bit more scrutiny. I -hmm. feel like I would be surprised again, like you're saying, seeing what's happening with workspaces, seeing what's happening with the psychology of people. I feel like I would be surprised to see a really dramatic shift on the large end of the scale with, with the big conferences. Um, I, I think that again, it's one that you can look at and maybe say like, you know, financially did this completely, makes sense from an ROI perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And I I don't think that's going to end up being the primary consideration. I think that these things are going to come back. I think there's going to be an appetite for it. At the same time, there is potentially some opportunity at, at multiple points along this spectrum for technology companies, right? Clearly, the reason that that appetite still exists is because we have not been able to replicate the experience with technology. Um, and, and so maybe you can never quite replicate the experience on the largest end of the scale, but for some other things you can, you know, if, if you have those small meetings or even like small events, small conferences, maybe people start taking a look at that and say, what were we trying to accomplish here? Can we accomplish the same thing with technology and rethinking the entire event, you know, not trying to replicate the event, you know, almost beat for beat in technology, but rethinking it and maybe saying, okay, here's where we are going to get together and here's what we're going to try to get out of it. But these other pieces, maybe we'll spread throughout the year. Maybe we'll try to deliver our content in different ways. I think there is opportunity there for technology companies to maybe build something new that we don't have before uh, that can meet these needs in different ways. Uh, and for companies to get creative in the way that they use the technology uh, to to achieve whatever goals it is that they have. Yeah, you said the word creative, and that's exactly what I was thinking, is that I think we're, we're at a point where we are going to be able to use creativity uh, to kind of create some sort of new hybrid model of how we do events. Um, I do agree that smaller events um, and you know, one-to-one meetings or whatever they happen to be, uh, will probably continue to be um, facilitated online because uh, companies are going to do that ROI analysis um, because they've probably learned what they've saved in their travel budgets over the last year. To be perfectly frank, um, but 
on a human level, human nature level, I think what we have learned is that people do crave to be together. And so I think there's going to be a mix of in-person conferences. And the odd thing is, is that, you know, you, you, I point to the, you know, the largest conferences, which, you know, right now you would say, oh God, super spreader events, you know what I mean? But if we get things back together, um, I see those as, as kind of the networking events that people do crave to do in person. But many of those other things, like you mentioned, um, could be handled uh, on a technological level online um, just as efficiently and sufficiently as long as people get their other outlets. I think that's the problem is when everything is constrained in one way, um, that, 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 that can be harmful for people's psyche. But if, you, um, if there's a mix of how we handle things, um, then I think that balance keeps everybody in a little bit more of a Zen mode from a work standpoint. So if you travel 12 times a year or 24 times a year, uh, you know, if you have to cut that in half, at least you're still going somewhere and you're doing the rest. And I think that that's acceptable for most people. Yeah. Yeah. The, the last thing that I would throw out there as, as one that I'm, I'm not, hundred percent sure how I feel like it's going to go, but I, I would say that I'm hopeful that we, we keep a lot of the things that have cropped up, I guess I would say under the umbrella of workforce dynamics. And I think there are a couple different things going on here, you know, some related to the virus and the pandemic uh, in terms of checking in on employees, mental health uh, a little bit more. Um, I think that would be a great thing to keep. Uh, and then also to think about the social issues that we've had throughout 2020 and getting into diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, is that going to be something that stays in the spotlight a little bit more and gets a little bit more focus from companies and, and that maybe they start to put metrics around, um, like we've talked about in our research, and, and really measure themselves against those things rather than simply saying, we have a commitment to this and we have a program for it. You know, what are the results um, and, and how are you measuring? And, and so those are two different things. But I think, like I said, they both kind of fall under this umbrella category of, of workforce issues. And, um, and it, it could be, you know, easy to fall back into old patterns. But I, I would hope that a lot of managers, executives, HR professionals have uh, picked up a few lessons going through this year that they carry forward into next year and the years beyond. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, one of the things I've found that's been, you know, really sort of awesome to be, you know, to use a, just a stupid word, but is that uh, there's been great attention to how workers are faring and dealing with this crazy time that we're in. And if that can be one of the things that stays, you know, the, the check-ins on people, trying to understand how they're feeling and, you know, taking a personal uh, interest in um, how they've been affected and, and is that affecting work, uh, especially, um, I think those are good things to keep in place. And, and some companies already did that, but I don't think that that is widespread. And, I, and, uh, um, and also to your point on diversity, um, Maybe I, there's, it's been, I, I guess I would characterize it as the, I feel like there's been a lot of reflection that's gone on during this last year about how we run our organizations and our companies and a lot more care 
two employees and wondering what their thoughts are and how they feel. And if that's something that can be a carryover once we're out of this crisis, I think that is, that's great. I mean, that is something that I would encourage all, like you said, managers, CEOs, principal owners, whatever it is um, to consider uh, because there's been, uh, yeah, the human element, I think, has really shown during uh, during this crisis that we've been through. Well, that feels like a good spot to land the discussion. Like like we said at the top, it's uh, it, it 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 doesn't currently feel like the, the greatest situation. Things you know are are continuing to no, still wear your mask, everybody. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, please, we're not out of the woods yet. <laughs> uh, definitely not, but it it feels like there's some hope and um, and especially with, you know, that last topic that we hit on um, it would be great to see if, if we really are able to, to improve things um, for, for people that uh, are under a lot of stress and, and have been, and, and maybe haven't always felt heard. Yep. I would, couldn't agree more. So here's to hoping a, we have some things to be thankful for next week for Thanksgiving and, um, and also in the months ahead that uh, good things are on tap. Well, we're wishing everyone a happy holiday weekend here because uh, this, this will post on, on Friday. Uh, and so hope you're having a great one. And I think we've got one last episode for the year. So uh, we'll do a, do a look back on things that, that have happened. And maybe, maybe we should kind of dig a little bit because we, we've talked so much about, you know, pandemic, whatever, maybe we'll try to dig pretty deep and find some things that uh, didn't make the very top headlines, uh, but still kind of important throughout the year. Yeah, there's plenty to mine there because the pandemic overwhelmed everything. Um, and yet a lot of important things did happen over the course of this year uh, that we can talk about from an industry perspective and a business perspective and a just general perspective, uh, since we seem to be getting very philosophical these days. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so yes, we're posting this on Black Friday, which will be interesting to see, by the way, if people are out shopping in droves on Black Friday, if it really more becomes the Cyber Monday thing. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, if they're not out shopping, they're probably sitting at home listening to podcasts. So um, of course, glad of to course. contribute to that. All right. Well, my friend, have a good one. Yep. Yeah, you too. We'll talk soon. Yep.